All right, people, we are live. Welcome to Dad Ball. Uh, tonight, we are trying something different. My co-host, Dustin Hart, has a busy, busy week going on right now as uh, his, his job right now is basically getting ready for Gary V coming to Rochester, Minnesota this week. So uh, the company he works for is responsible for essentially putting that event on. So if any of you are familiar with who Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk is, Dustin has his work cut out for him, but I know that those guys are doing a great job over there. So busy week for him. Hey, that's the name of the game, right? This is dad ball place for busy dads that love football and love their kids. That's what we do. So we're going to try this without Dustin going solo tonight. Uh, we'll see how this goes. So uh, as I just said, this is dad ball where usually it's Dustin and I get together, talk about football. We talk about dad stuff. We really, really want to leave dads encouraged. We want to give you some kind of insight or encouragement or advice. By the way, we're not perfect dads. Just ask our wives, our beautiful, lovely, incredible wives, I might say. Uh, we try to give you a little bit of insight into our lives and what we're learning and how to encourage you guys out there who are either dads or expecting dads or maybe will be dads in the future. The common thread is that we love football and we either have kids or we will have kids and that's what this is about. So without further ado, let's get into it. Typically, Dustin and I want to start with a high and a low from each week. So I will talk about my high. Last week was going down to Chicago, uh, well, Bourbonnet. So driving through Chicago, man, that traffic, uh, every time I'm down there, I think it's going to get better, but it doesn't. But finally made it through uh, Chicago all the way to Bourbonnet where the Bears had training camp, and it was a blast, man. I went down by myself, stayed at a hotel, completely silent. In fact, the first practice got over, I went back to my hotel room, and I didn't leave all day long, and it was glorious. Most people, when they travel, you know, the hotel is a place they come back to late at night. For me, man, I got on my laptop, I turned on NFL Network, I had some food and, and some snacks with me, you know, and I didn't leave. It was great. I got to take a nap. What the heck are those? Like, what's a nap anymore? I don't know what that is, man. You don't give any of those as a dad anymore unless your kids are gone, which speak of the devil, uh, my low, I guess you could call it a low. I can look at it both, both positively and negatively, I guess, but... Uh, my wife and my kids took off today to go see her folks in uh, South Dakota for a, uh, a few days. So I will be solo again here for three days, but plenty of stuff to do. And uh, I will try to enjoy it with, uh, with the fact that I'm missing my kids and my wife at the moment. So hopefully they enjoy those three days. And I cannot wait to see them again. All right, let's get into some news. We've got a lot of news to cover over the last week or so. There's too much. I'm going to hit some highlights. Uh, depending on who your favorite team is, these might be some lowlights. So a lot of injuries, man, a lot of injuries. Panthers starting right tackle, Darrell Williams, Torres MCL. Um, last I checked, he wasn't yet ruled out for the season. But starting tackle, uh, protecting a guy like Cam Newton, that is never good. Jets running back, Elijah McGuire, fractured his foot. And uh, they are currently looking at Alfred Morris and Orleans Darkwa to replace him. So that, that backfield is already kind of messy, especially if you're a fantasy football player. You're looking at Isaiah Crowell as the starter. Bilal Powell is the guy that's been known to catch some passes. And they even liked Elijah McGuire. We're going to give him some work too. So 
if you're a fantasy football player, I might avoid that backfield. Steelers guard Ramon Foster was carted off with a knee injury at practice. Uh, haven't seen any updates on that just yet, uh, at least right now when I'm recording that. So hopefully it's nothing too serious. The Chargers just keep getting hit. Uh, Jason Verrett, Jason Verrett tore his Achilles, and then uh, I just saw word that they had another one of their corners in camp uh, with a pretty serious injury as well. It wasn't Casey Hayward. Thank God it wasn't Casey Hayward for you Chargers fans out there. You've already seen enough injuries already to significant players like Hunter Henry, uh, now Jason Verrett, so not good. Uh, I would assume Jason Verrett's out for the season with an injury like a torn Achilles. Uh, Something that's kind of close to my heart that I wish would just get resolved, Bears rookie linebacker Roquan Smith is the last rookie now to remain unsigned. Lots and lots of opinions and analysis and insight on that. From my standpoint, I don't care who budges. I just want him signed. That's the fan in me. The language that's offsetting right now is based on the new rule where you can lower your helmet and uh, potentially get suspended. Uh, it appears like Roquan Smith's agents would like to ensure that his guarantees stay guaranteed and that if there were a suspension that would uh, limit the amount of guaranteed money he gets, uh, that that wouldn't happen, that he would still get his guaranteed money, that his contract would never you know, be able to be voided for any reason. God forbid he's not good and <laughs> they're looking at his contract being voided. Uh, he's supposed to be a stud. So hopefully that all gets worked out because I just want to see that kid in camp. Stephon Diggs, for you Vikings fans out there, is another Viking to get paid. He got a five-year, $72 million deal worth up to $81 million. Uh, that is a uh, that's a lot of money. And I bet Odell Beckham Jr. is looking at this like, Giants, you should have paid me back when this whole saga started because his price tag just keeps going up. Seahawks starting left tackle Dwayne Brown. Signed a three-year, $36.5 million extension. It has been a great time to be a left tackle. Let me tell you what. Taylor Lewan got a bunch of money. Jake Matthews got a bunch of money. Uh, Lewan with the Falcons. Sorry, excuse me. Lewan with the Titans. Matthews with the Falcons. If you're a uh, even halfway decent to good to elite left tackle, you're going to get some money. So those guys, man, what a week for them. This is a few days old, but I wanted to touch on it because I had the option of keeping Josh Gordon in fantasy this year. And Josh Gordon is not at Brown's camp because he's getting additional help or counseling or something like that. Apparently, there's no reason to worry yet because this was all a part of the plan. At least that's what they're saying. He's not out because of a potential suspension. He's not out uh, because he's unstable mentally or physically. He's in the best shape. You know, that obviously, if you guys follow this guy on Instagram, oh my goodness, he's a freak. So he's in good shape. You know, he's not out because of any potential substance abuse. Uh, this is all a part of his off-season plan. Um, ironically enough, to miss training camp was a part of his plan. So kind of doesn't make sense. A <laughs> little, little bit fishy if you ask me, but if it's truly all a part of the plan, maybe there's no reason to worry. So Des Bryant's Twitter. This is the last one I want to touch on. Des Bryant's Twitter has been pretty interesting lately. He, uh, he has not shied away from going after any and every uh, media person or uh, analyst or other players. He threw, uh, he threw Sean Lee under the bus. He's been on a tear. It, it's, 
you know, if he was on a team right now and I was a fan of that team, it would be a little ugly. It's ugly either way, but if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Des Bryant's Twitter has been crazy lately. Some people speculate whether or not this will hurt his opportunity to get a job, although we know he turned on a deal from Baltimore, so that was his fault. Anyways, this is going to be a little bit of a mini pod until Dustin is back. We were set to talk about quarterbacks, and I'm going to go ahead and give you my three quarterbacks that I am excited to watch and three quarterbacks that I am not excited to watch this year. Let me start, and you all could have figured this one out real quickly. I'll start with Mitchell Trubisky. I'll be the first one to say, I went to two practices last week at Bears camp, and the very first practice I saw, you know, a lot of people were wondering on Twitter, all the rumblings of Trubisky being off or underthrowing balls, or maybe it was late a few times. I was there, and the first practice I saw, he threw some balls that were kind of late. He threw a couple that were, that were underthrown. Now, it's a brand new offense. This was day six of installing this offense. Brand new offense, coaching staff, a lot of new weapons. I mean, you've got Allen Robinson, who he's never worked with before. Taylor Gabriel, who he's never worked with before. Anthony Miller, who he's never worked with before. Kevin White, who he's worked with in a training camp before, but not really in a season because we all know what you know, the story is there with Kevin White. Uh, Trey Burton, he's never worked with before. So he's got a ton of new weapons. And uh, the first practice, yeah, a few underthrown balls, a little bit late. But the next day, I went on Thursday and Friday. And the next day on Friday, totally different player, totally different quarterback. He looked sharp. He was on time, accurate. Uh, he looked great. So it's training camp, guys. It's training camp. You can only take what you hear with a grain of salt until it's laid out on the field come week one. And Mitch will have an opportunity to do that week one primetime against the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field, and I can't wait. So, But I'm excited to see Mitch play. He's got a lot of weapons. He's got a confident coach who's schematically, he's brilliant. He's very creative. He knows what he's doing on offense. And um, total opposite of John Fox, totally opposite of what Trubisky had to deal with last year. So I am extremely excited to see Trubisky play this year. They did everything right over the offseason to give him exactly what he needed to succeed. So let's see if he can do that. I won't bore you. I could talk for hours about Mitchell Trubisky. So let's move on. Believe it or not, I am excited to watch Eli Manning play football this year. Why? Not so much to do with Eli, let's be honest. But I am extremely excited to watch Eli and all the weapons he's got around him. Odell Beckham Jr. is back and healthy, and he's playing. You know, he's, he's in camp. He wants a new contract, but he's there. Sterling Shepard, he's back. He's healthy. Evan Ingram, where the heck did that season come from from Evan Ingram last year? Oh, yeah. Eli Manning didn't have anything else to, uh, to work with. So, But, no, Evan Ingram is phenomenal. Um, <clears throat> tight ends are usually hard to come by and take a few years to develop. But, man, Evan Ingram, from day one, man, he was – he was a playmaker. So Evan Ingram could be a, a top 10 tight end in this, in this league, and he might already be there. But then you look at the backfield, obviously, Saquon Barkley, supposedly a generational talent. I say supposedly because nothing's ever a surefire type of thing. You look at Trent Richardson, who was one of the most recent examples I look at, and out of college, he had everything going for him. So I'm excited to watch Eli Manning. He's got uh, a couple of years left in the tank. He's coming off a season where he was completely disrespected. Is he elite in my mind? 
No, I don't think so. He's not. He's, he's a good quarterback. He's not elite. But coming off a season where he was disrespected like that by former head coach Ben McAdoo, bench for Geno Smith. I mean, come on, man. You got to believe that he's licking his chops this year with all the weapons he's got with a confident head coach that comes in and is willing to give him the respect he deserves. Obviously, he's the starting quarterback of the New York football giants. There's no question about that. Absolutely no question about that. So Eli Manning, my hope for him, you know, a good dude on and off the field. He's a good quarterback. I hope that he has a good year for, for you Giants fans out there. He's got a lot of weapons to work with, maybe the most weapons he's ever had to work with. And it's on him. If he doesn't have a great season, I would be shocked. Uh, I do a lot of listening to fantasy football podcasts out there and a lot of research on my own on fantasy football. And everybody's hyping up, you know, Barkley and Odell Beckham and Evan Ingram. And no one's really talking about Eli. But then there's a few people that have brought up the fact that, you know, how, how are you going to have a potentially top 10 running back, top 10 wide receiver and top 10 tight end, maybe even a top five wide receiver running back and tight end in fantasy football and not have a top five or top 10 quarterback in fantasy football. So if the weapons are as good as we think they are and as good as we're saying they are, Eli's bound to have a very good season. And you know what? For his sake, I hope he does. All right. Last but not least, Another guy that, talk about the disrespect over his career, Tyrod Taylor. And sadly, I don't know if Tyrod's even going to play the entire season. I hope he does, and I hope that that gives him an opportunity to go somewhere else next year and start. Because you look at him, does he take a lot of risks? No. But he's a dual-threat quarterback. He can run very well. He can run very well. He's got that aspect to his game. And the thing is, he doesn't turn the ball over very much. So he's coming to a team like the Browns that all of a sudden now people are kind of starting to talk. They've got, if you follow any of the Browns uh, guys, especially Jarvis Landry, Josh Gordon, Tyrod, you know, those kind of guys, if you follow them on social media, they've kind of developed a little bit of a swagger to them. And they kind of have this sense that they're coming. They're coming. They might not be a Super Bowl contender right now, but offensively, that group, they could surprise some people. They've got some weapons. The backfield, they've got three capable running backs. They've got Jarvis Landry and Josh Gordon, you know, two totally different types of receivers, but if healthy and in the right mind, phenomenal talents. David Njoku, let's see if they're going to use him right this year because he's definitely got all the talent to be a good tight end. And then you got Tyrod Taylor, who doesn't turn the ball over. He just doesn't. If you, if you want something out of a quarterback this year, if you want a few things out of a quarterback this day and age, you want probably a mobile quarterback. That's, that's where the league is headed. You know, there's a lot of different offenses being installed. Look at Trubisky. He's not overly fast, but they're installing a lot of RPOs, just for an example. But you look at what you want in a quarterback. Mobility is a great thing. And how do you win football games? You win the turnover battle. Usually, usually you win the turnover battle. The majority of the time, you're going to come out as a winner. And Tyrod Taylor takes care of the football, point blank. He might not be elite in terms of a downfield throw. He might not be the most pinpoint accurate quarterback out there. But because he doesn't take a lot of chances and because he's very smart with his decision-making, he doesn't turn the ball over. I really, truly 
truly hope that he has a great season because he deserves it. The way they treated him in Buffalo, again, last year, kind of like Eli, but, oh, man, did it blow up even worse for Tyrod. Nathan Peterman gets a start and throws five picks in the first half, and then Sean McDermott goes, uh, hey, you mind coming back in and uh, maybe trying to make this a halfway respectable game? <laughs> I mean, Tyrod Taylor comes back in after being benched for Nathan Peterman. Come on, talk about the disrespect. For whatever reason, the last few years, the Bills have wanted to move on, haven't been committed. I don't know why. I like Tyrod. Tyrod, you're a good quarterback, my friend, and I hope that you have a great season. Three quarterbacks I am not excited to watch this year. For whatever reason, let's give it a rip. All right. We'll stick, uh, stick in Buffalo, kind of. We were talking about Buffalo with Tyrod. Josh Allen, I'm sorry, man. I'm not buying it. You got a long, long ball, but that's about it. You got a heck of an arm. You can throw the long ball. Great. But accuracy is an issue. Mobility is an issue. You might have a gun for an arm. But you went to one of the absolute worst places you could go uh, to try to hone in on those other skills, man. You're throwing to Calvin Benjamin, who – is he a wide receiver? Maybe. <laughs> he, might have, he might have better success if, uh, if he lines up at tight end. I don't know. But, man, uh, that's – I'm sorry. Kelvin Benjamin, you had a great rookie year. Where you been, though, man? Where you been? You're throwing to Kelvin Benjamin and maybe Zay Jones, uh, who's this offseason. If you don't know anything about Zay Jones, just go look at the incident that happened with him. Kind of crazy. And then, of course, the LaShawn McCoy thing, which we won't get into. No idea what's going to happen there. And the offensive line, eh, it could be better. It could be better, especially if you're going to go out there and start a rookie quarterback. After trading Cordy Glenn to the Bengals, it's it's not looking, you know, it's not, it's it's at least not a top ten group. It might be okay, but not good enough for a rookie quarterback. So Josh Allen, sorry man, I'm not excited to watch you this year. Second, Dak Prescott, um, the whole Dak versus Wentz thing. I think, sorry Cowboys fans, but I think we've figured out. Uh, who the winner is there in terms of who's better. I mean, I hate these battles. You know, who's better between this guy or this guy? Totally different quarterbacks. But um, Dak, man, if you want any chance at making the wild card spot this year with the Cowboys, just hand it to Zeke. Just hand it to Zeke. My buddy Dustin will be uh, very appreciative of that. Uh, As long as you don't hand him the ball when I'm playing Dustin in fantasy this year, we're good. No, but – Dak, if you hand the ball to Zeke, you'll be fine. Other than that, I I just don't see a lot to like about Dak. He had a great first year, but solid running game, solid offensive line. You know, he had some some more weapons in in Dez and Jason Witten. And you look at last year, sure, Dez had a huge drop rate, but a lot of those balls were uncatchable. You can go into that if you want to. Go research that. But Dak's, Dak's okay. He's okay. I'm not excited to watch the Cowboys, though. Therefore, I'm not excited to watch Dak Prescott. You hand it to Zeke, it might be entertaining. Otherwise, I, I'm just not I'm not excited to watch Dak. Third and finally, Tom Brady. Yes, the greatest of all time. I'll give him that respect. However, 
who's excited other than Patriots fans to watch Tom Brady again? I mean, let's be honest. As long as he's in the league, it very well could be the Patriots in the Super Bowl again. And as a football fan, I just I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it, man. You got your five rings. Go hang out with Giselle and the kids and call it a career. Just do it. Enjoy life. Be a dad. You got plenty of money. You got all the rings. Let somebody else have the fun, will you? No. In all seriousness, Tom Brady is a phenomenal quarterback. He is the best to ever play the game. Um, I'm I'm just not excited to watch him again because... It's just going to be more of the same. Now, I sound like probably a lot of fans out there who had to deal with watching Michael Jordan in the late 80s and 90s and watching the Bulls like, would you just retire already or just get out of here, man? Let somebody else have some fun. Uh, That's how I feel about Tom Brady. I'm just not as excited to watch Tom Brady this year. Uh, I'd really like to see the AFC open up a bit more. So that's just me. All right, we'll end this with a little bit of dad stuff. Dustin and I... Um, we had on the docket next to talk about language. It's an interesting topic. Uh, where do you draw the line? What words should you try to not say around your kids or not say at all, uh, depending on where your moral compass is at? In my house, it's uh, it might be different than other households out there. Uh, we might be considered a little bit more strict, but... This is how we want to raise our kids. You know, even words like uh, crap or stupid or dumb or I grew up in a home where, uh, you know, my dad's been a pastor for over 30 years. And as a kid, he uh, he would catch me saying, oh, my gosh. And he would say, no, oh, my goodness. And I'd say, why? And he'd say, it's too too close to oh, my God, which, you know, we don't want to say either way. So. In our house right now with my three-and-a-half-year-old, we're kind of careful about what we say around him. Uh, my wife and I, to each other, you know, we'll talk pretty normal. Uh, we, don't, we don't swear. We, we don't use profanity in our family um, very rarely, and uh, we, usually have to, we usually have to ask for forgiveness immediately afterwards. That's just where our moral compass and our conscience is at. So uh, in front of our kids, it's tough, you know especially in front of our son, Malachi, who's three and a half. He'll watch, you know, movies. I'm surprised at some of the kids' movies now out there, you know, that are rated uh, G or PG or whatever. You know, some of them will say stupid or dumb or oh my God or things like that. And you might be fine with your kids saying things like that. But in my opinion, not at three and a half. And all, all rules and all opinions aside, Here's the thing. I think my dad growing up put it the best. Any word can be a swear word. He used to tell me as, as a little kid, I remember maybe five or six years old, and he'd, he'd tell me not to use a certain word and trying to figure out, you know, at, at a certain age, like, what? I heard, you know, what's a swear word? People talk about swear words. What's, and he would say, Ryan, any word can be a swear word. He would use the word watermelon for whatever reason. I don't know. It's probably just the first word that popped in his head at the time. And he'd always use that word. He'd always remember, Ryan, any word can be a swear word. Why? Because of the attitude used behind the word. And so more importantly than any of the words that you allow your children to hear, 
whether it be from your mouth or things that they watch or listen to, which is, it's a totally different battle when you get to that point. More importantly than any of that is the attitude that's used behind the words. Um, you know, I'll, I'll be a hundred percent real. Sometimes my son will hear my wife and I, uh, talking maybe in a tone that's not too happy. Maybe we're trying to work through something or, you know, we're in a minor argument, you know, it's not where we're at each other's throats, but you know, we're not happy go lucky. And, and Malachi will hear it and he'll go, mommy, daddy, don't be, don't be mad. Don't, don't be mad, be happy. And so you start to see like, even if we weren't even in a fight, even if it was, we were in a conversation and maybe our voices were raised just a little bit, but it wasn't, you know, in a, in an angry tone or in a demeaning tone, even at that point for him to pick up on that at three and a half years old, it's an eye opener. It's an eye opener, especially uh, because the words that we were saying were just regular average conversation, but it was the tone and the volume that was picked up by a three and a half year old. And so those are things that I would want you to caution yourself going forward with your kids, especially if they're really young, especially if they're really young. Um, <clears throat> language is important. Language is important regardless of where your faith lies. Um, you know, God's word says that the tongue is, is one of the most powerful things on the planet. You know, he says that the tongue can be set on fire straight from hell. Those are some pretty scary words, but if you allow it to happen, it could happen. If you allow it to happen, it's over, man. Um, you do not want your kids learning those type of words and that kind of tone. Um, so I would caution you to really really think about what you're saying and what you're allowing your kids to hear from other media outlets uh, because they're developing so quickly and they pick up on things so quickly that you might not even realize something before it actually happened. You might not realize that, that they pick up on what they pick up on before it's too late. It could just slide right past you because we all know this world is a crazy place. You hear all kinds of things every single day no matter where you're at, can't control it. It's just the way it is. So you might, uh, you might not even realize it and your kid hears something in passing somewhere and you've got to react quickly. You know, how do I, how do I explain that this word or this phrase or what they said was wrong? And as a dad, that's, that's a constant battle for me. You know, I, instinctively, you just want to say, oh, don't say that. Don't say that. And, you know, he'd ask why, well, it's naughty, but why, you know, they start asking the why, the why question and you just got to dig in, you know, you ain't going nowhere, man. He, you know, your, your kids are just going to light you up with questions one after another. And so you've really got to figure out how you're going to explain these things to your kids. And so I would encourage you to really think about this and try to game plan ahead for certain situations that might come up where they might hear a certain word or a phrase and you've got to react quickly and you got to think, okay, how do I spin this in a way that they will truly understand that this isn't something that they should be saying. Now, again, depends on where your compass is at. Well, you know, where's the line? How far is too far? I will leave that up to you. <clears throat> However, I was always taught as a kid, there are certain things that uh, you probably wouldn't say if Jesus 
in the flesh was standing right next to you. I'll put it that way. Or maybe for those of you, depending on where your faith is at, hey, what if it is, you know, your grandmother? Some people think of their grandmother as just a sweet, you know, innocent old lady. Maybe your grandma's nuts. I don't know. Whoever that sweet, innocent presence is in your life, imagine that person standing right next to you and would you say what you're about to say? We're all guilty. Trust me. I was probably guilty of that today. We all have, have times where we screw up. We all have to make amends and ask for forgiveness and really analyze where our thoughts and where our words are at. So I would just encourage you to start game planning ahead before it's too late. Before you get in, into those situations, you're like, uh, how do I explain this? How do, I, uh, how do I tell my kid, my son or daughter, what this means or not necessarily what this means or why this is bad, why this isn't right? And um, really try to think about the precedent you want to set in your home going forward. All right. That's it for tonight. Um, I don't know how long we went here. Let's see. But uh, I said this was a mini pod. Hopefully this was a mini pod uh, in comparison to Dustin and I. Hope you enjoyed it. We will be back in a few days with another episode here of Dad Ball. Uh, once again, we are j just getting going on YouTube and uh, been a little while on iTunes now. So hopefully this is all working out okay. We're new to this and really this is just an outlet for Dustin and I. We love talking football. We love our family. And uh, we just wanted to, to figure out a way to combine the two. And um, we know that a lot of you dads out there don't have a lot of time. If you're like myself, you work maybe multiple jobs and you find it hard sometimes to find an outlet and you need your fix of football and maybe you need to feel encouraged. So that's what I want to, that's what I really want to be able to do here with this and what Dustin wants to do with this. So I genuinely hope that, uh, after this, you learned something, enjoyed it. Uh, whatever feedback you can give us, please feel free and reach out to us. Uh, on Twitter or leave us a leave us a note on, on on a review on iTunes. On Twitter, you can find me at Ryan Heckman FS, and uh, my partner in crime Dustin, who's not here tonight, is at D Todd Hart. And we have a uh, Dadball Podcast Twitter as well at Dadball Podcast. Pretty simple. Thank you guys very much for listening, um, dads out there. Remember, you have such an incredible opportunity in front of you to impact your kids' lives. And I just want to tell you this, regardless of what happened today, regardless of what happened yesterday, last week, or in the last year, or your entire life up to this point, starting tomorrow, you have an opportunity, you have a brand new day, a fresh page in your life's book, in your child's book, to make an impact. Forgiveness is a real thing. You can get it. And I just really, really hope that wherever you're at in your life, wherever you're at in, in your walk with your child, in, in the walk we call fatherhood, I really encourage you tomorrow morning, wake up with that fresh page, ready to write in that book and make it a positive story, make it a positive in, impact. There is no more special relationship in a child's life than with their father and with their mother. And as a dad, as a head of the household, you have a great opportunity in front of you. Don't waste it. Hopefully you guys are all encouraged tonight. And again, thank you for listening to Dad Ball. We'll be back in a few days.